Welcome to Behind the Barrels, a podcast for and about the people that make ODOT a great place to work. We're talking to men and women throughout the state from every walk of life to find out what makes them tick, both on and off the clock. I'm Mike Lovins. And I'm Caroline Griffith. Now let's take a peek Behind Behind the the Barrels. All right, we are here with Jennifer Spriggs. Jennifer, welcome to Behind the Barrels. Thank you. Nice to be here. So uh, before we get started, um, why don't you tell us how long have you been with ODOT? What do you do here? So I've been with ODOT since November 22nd of 2021, so about a year and a half. And I'm in research and development, which is in the planning division. And essentially, I'm a project manager for, um, for ODOT's up and coming, you know, new potential technology, um, better and more efficient ways to do things, uh, new developments for aggregates and materials. That's that's the bulk of what I do. And it sounds like it's enough to keep you busy. Oh, it is. And it's really exciting, actually, especially with my personality type, because I get <laughs> to work with all the different areas in ODA and <clears throat> every project is different. Sometimes we'll be working with potholes and materials, and other times I'm saving the bats um, from extinction. <laughs> tell us a little, just a, just a little snippet, <clears throat> tell us a little bit yeah, about that bat project, yeah, yeah. because... Okay, yeah. so uh, I'm on an environmental project that is um, for helping build rebuild the population for bats uh the focus is on abandoned railroad tunnels uh, that we're trying to figure out the best configuration to keep them safe um and and keep them alive and build the population um i actually got to go out into a rural area in southern ohio and go down in tunnel nine uh so i took batman masks of course and i have a really <laughs> cool picture i can share with you guys uh but we kind of went spelunking i had water up to my chest and walked over into the bat cave got to take pictures and tag them so sometimes i'm in the office sometimes i'm out doing cool stuff like that that's amazing i want my job to also send me to bat caves <laughs> i think we could do crash data with bats <laughs> well yeah why not or yeah, sure. or, or batmobiles <gasps> Straight up, <laughs> you know. I'm some people think it's kind of weird when I say this, but I kid you not, bats are my favorite animal. Really, yeah, today I learned, I did not know that they're very cool. And bat boxes are actually not that expensive to buy. Um, I have since ordered some that I'm going to be installing on my fences because I didn't understand before I did this project the benefit of bats and keeping especially like mosquitoes and um, insects away that can be harmful to humans. Yeah. Um, and and what they really do for the population, I didn't realize how important they are. Um, so every everything has its place, everything has its role. That's but right. That's something cool I learned from my job. I love that. That's awesome. We have a wooded backyard. Maybe I should think about doing something you like that. Absolutely. Should. You should. Very cool um so so we asked you here because uh you are a singer an entertainer um and we want to hear more about that so uh, like when did you have you like were you a singer since you were a kid or was it something like you kind of discovered later that you enjoy doing no so literally i've been singing my whole life ever since i can remember But I've been told, I don't necessarily remember this, but I've been told that from the time I was about two, I started mimicking actual songs um, and and singing. So I've pretty much been singing my entire life. It's something that I just really like to do. It's kind of therapeutic for me. Um, I'm probably not the best of the best out there. I'm I'm no Whitney Houston or Celine Dion, uh, but I really enjoy it. And um, I think I'm good enough to sing in front of other people. So... 
So it is more than just a singing in the shower kind of thing. It is more than just a singing in the shower, <laughs> singing in the car. But I feel like she just laid down a challenge for Whitney Houston. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I think we just now have a vocal challenge. So, okay, so you've been singing forever. Um, you mentioned to us earlier on that you had a bluegrass band growing up in one of your emails to us when, when we were arranging this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, let's call it a band loosely. Um, essentially what it was was every weekend pretty much, um, my grandma and grandpa my mom's side of the family, they would get together with other family members and friends, and everybody just knew, like, Sundays you come out and, and we'll be set up in the driveway. And we would just sit out there and everybody would bring different instruments. There was a lot of banjo, piano, keyboard, um lots of tambourines, triangles, like whatever people had that they could play guitar, um, sometimes horns or violins and fiddles and stuff like that, depending on who was coming. And it was mostly like folk songs and bluegrass songs, but that's essentially how I grew up. Um, on the other side of the family, my dad's parents, they had an 80 acre farm in West Virginia. And my grandpa and grandma were like pretty big into the Baptist church and um, they sang a lot of hymns. So we would not only sing hymns at church and in Bible school and stuff like that, but we would also on the farm, like while we were doing farm chores and stuff like that, uh, my grandpa would always sing while he worked. So I would sing with him and eventually it turned into kind of harmonizing with him um, on different songs and stuff. So really fun. I kind of had musical um, influence from both sides of my family. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and, and that's that's kind of a common thing. Like, you know, uh, just before we hit record, I, we were talking about how I play in a band. Um, I play bass, but my dad... I, when I was growing up, my dad was in country bands, uh, and he was a singer. Um, and uh, and you know, for me, it was I got to get up there and and get into bars when I shouldn't because I was <laughs> you know, but I I was the singer's kid and I was getting up there and playing with his band and stuff. And it's just when when you can have that family involvement too, I I, I feel like that's that kind of solidifies things. Yeah. So growing up like that, then, was that your main style of singing that you wanted to focus on? Or did you want to branch out any? Or, or yeah, so is that the, the style that you continue to sing today? today or? So I would say that's where it started. <clears throat> I would say that ignited my passion for music. And from there, I kind of started listening to different things. And uh, funny enough, I listened to a very, very wide variety of music. My music that I like to sing is typically like softer rock, 90s uh, kind of pop like Jewel, um, some traditional like 80s style soft rock like CCR and Boston, <clears throat> the Eagles, uh, Stevie Nicks, things like that. Um, but I, my number one is probably country. And I think when cable came out, it ruined me with CMT because mm. you could go on and like watch the videos. And I, that's what I spent all my free time doing that I possibly could is watching CMT and singing along with the Judds and Pam Tillis and Reba McIntyre, um, and, and all of those things. But I do have my roots a lot also in like Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn. Um, so real quick sidetrack, my grandpa actually grew up in Butcher Holler with Loretta Lynn. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so that on my mom's side. So they used to play together and they did the same thing. They would all get together and play music together and sing. And that's where her singing came from. So my grandpa, he absolutely could have been successful like she was if he had pursued it. Um, he looked like Elvis, Ooh. and he really had an amazing, deep, 
voice, a very unique voice that um, I think he could have been very successful with if he had gotten that route also. That's amazing. That's a really cool story. Um, so would you say that those types of artists are like your biggest influences or does that, uh, you know, come from somewhere else? Okay, so I'm going to bring this up, and I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, but <clears throat> there's something called Gangsta Grass, and I always use that for a reference. <laughs> I <laughs> think have I have to see, explain I that one. I do too, but, uh... but like for our listeners, you know, in Radio Land, I want you to explain that one for us. Okay, so uh, first of all, it's the one of the theme songs from Justified is a Gangsta Grass song, um, and what I really like and what I think is really cool and unique is music is a creative outlet for people. So I don't like to be shoved into one category. And when you start to get into music, especially if you're like recording or if you want to be part of a band, people kind of have the expectation that you're going to do that. They're like, well, what? What are you going to sing? Because our band is this. Um, mm -hmm. I already said I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, and I am not getting shoved into a box. So I like the mashup stuff where people are taking their own unique style of music, and they're maybe mixing it with something that's not the norm. So I don't think I have one specific category. I'm definitely not a rapper, um, although I tease my kids and I make <laughs> up rap songs and like, <laughs> that I am. Um, and I'm not like a metal singer, um, but I can do like some Evanescence and stuff like that and some pretty and the reckless um but yeah i don't i just don't feel like i have one genre or one category that i want to get put in if something speaks to me then and and i feel like i can do it then i'm gonna go for it that's awesome yeah i love that because that's how we all should be with any of our creative outlets you don't yeah. have to be put in a box just yes. explore what you love <laughs> yes so i uh, in exploring what you love, I know this past year you actually put out an album, and you were gracious enough to bring one to us today to, to share with us. So tell us a little bit about that, and what was that? What was creating that album like, and what's on it? Okay, so uh, really, really cool story. I, I feel like I have a lot of unique experiences in my life. But <laughs> I love it. That's why, that's why we brought you on here today. <laughs> When other kids were spending like their lunch breaks and their recess or their media time or study halls, um, goofing off and you know pretending like they were doing their homework, spitting spitballs or whatever they were doing, I would go down and spend time with my choir teacher in middle school, and he I would write songs. He would put the music to them because oddly enough, when I was younger, I didn't learn to read or write music, even though in his class I was supposed to. So that's a running joke with us now. <laughs> um, anyway, he's in his late 70s now, and he is the one that helped me go on this journey. Um, he found the recording studio. He took me there. I met with the wonderful people, um, also an older couple, and they were all like they just brought me under their wing they helped me learn the ins and outs of recording because it is different than just singing a song um, there's a lot of editing and things that go into different pieces and parts or singing parts just on their own um, and different types of things you have to do in a studio that's different than when you sing just on your own so together all of us you know were able to identify what songs would maybe be the best fit for this album and um, work through the recording process and they helped me feel really comfortable for my first time and all of that. So they are not my original songs. I'm actually working on originals now. Um, <clears throat> but there is a little bit of a variety on there. There's some country. Dina Carter is on there. Um, there is a Linda Ronstadt song on there. 
Um, old time rock and roll is on there. There you go. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a variety of songs. And uh, I do have hard copies of the album, but I'm also happy to share just for free um, with anybody that would like to listen my Google link where you can go out and listen. So that would be awesome. So when you were recording, did you have a favorite song that you recorded or were all of them equally your favorite or were there some that you struggled with more than others? Um, yes, to all. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I struggled with old time rock and roll and I struggled with Linda Ronstadt. When when I, when will I be loved? Because they're like, well, old time rock and roll is fast. And I am a little bit more on the ballad side, I would say, um, kind of used to singing slower songs. So old time rock and roll for me was like breathing technique and it's a different style of music than I've typically sang before. So I kind of had to get the style down, but still keep it myself. I didn't want to mimic um, the original song. I wanted it to still be me, but I also didn't want to take away what it's supposed to sound like and make it something that it's not, like country or mm-hmm. you know yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I struggled with that one. Linda Ronstadt just has a very unique voice. And... I was really challenged when I sang that song because even though it seems like a simple song, very much like if you play an instrument, the ones that sound the simplest are actually the most difficult Mm. songs typically. So that song was just hard for me to sing. So we went in for the recording. I knew I needed to be in the right mind frame and well-rested and all that. So I was like, let's do these two first and get them knocked out. Um, And then we'll do the other ones. Makes sense. Uh, with that being said, I think my favorite is probably We Danced Anyway. Aww. I just, I really like that song. I think it's fun. I liked the harmonization that went along in the background with that song. And I think I probably sang that song best. When I asked other people, everybody had a different song. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what everybody else thinks. Sure, because everybody's got their own preferences. <laughs> yeah. But I was curious what yours was, like, because everyone has their own favorite songs or just favorite things to do, even in their craft or their art. So right. that's, that's cool to learn that. Uh, I wanted to ask, did you did you sing to pre-recorded tracks or did you have a backing band? So I sang to pre-recorded tracks. Um, the goal in the future is to sing with a band. Great. Um, and the recording studio that I use, they have uh, separate booths. So you can have a band in one and you can have yeah. a person singing uh, in the other one. But there won't be pre-existing uh, backing recordings for the music that I'm recording because they're originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, really cool, though. My my first one that I've done uh, so far, I'm working on practice recording it now uh, myself so I can really get it down. But I wrote it. I sang it to my little brother, who's also in a band, um, and he plays drums, guitar, bass, and he's a singer. Um, very talented. Very. So, yeah, no kidding. Lord, he's a one-man band. <laughs> he really is a one-man band. And he's really good with, like, recording and stuff, too. Um, so I sang it to him. And I, I remember, like, hitting the table and stuff like that, trying to tell him, you know, explain to him what I wanted to sound like, which is really hard when you hear it in your head and you hear all the different instruments to get that to someone else. Mm-hmm. We spent um, probably a day and a half and he was able to write the music and play the music for my song. So I actually have the track that he recorded um, and put some different instrumentals in there for me. So I'm super excited. How cool is that? That's that amazing. Yeah. So what was that writing process like? So I think this is your first time or the first time where you're going to be trying to record the things that you've written. What is that process like from beginning to end? So you've already 
talked about working with your brother to try to get it out of your head and onto paper and into, you know, physical media. But what other steps did you have to take and how long has it taken you to write your songs? So I've been writing songs for a long time, um, probably since third or fourth grade. Um, And I actually saved a lot of that. So I have binders and binders full of songs. And I've taken some of those and gone back through and edited them because a child's mind is not the same as an adult's mind. So some of the stuff, it's like, well, this is good. Like, this is a good perspective, but it's kind of too juvenile to actually be a song. Mm. Um, The secondary part, like for my newer stuff, is I'll just be driving down the road sometimes and I'll see something and it, like, I get the song in my head. It just comes to me. So typically when I write a song, it's like very fast. So I will write a song and... um, Uh, Actually, what I typically do is I pick up my phone and I hit record and I record myself singing so I don't forget like the basis of it. And sometimes I'll just like mumble through. I won't know exactly all the words, but I'll kind of have a beat and a melody Mm. and some words like what I want the song to be about. And then I'll take that home and I'll sit there and play it and play it and play it and I'll continue like the inspiration. But I would say probably total, it only takes me an hour or two to write an entire song. Wow, Wow. that's amazing. I feel like it would take me years. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, the the advent of the the smartphone and stuff has really helped with a lot of that because I'll get that too where um, I'll get an idea and I'll just be noodling around on, on my guitar or my bass or something like that. And it's so easy to just grab the phone, hit the voice memo app, and get that idea mm. down because I'll never remember it by the time I get to the band. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Just to get something down. To like, all right, out. And I, that's something I'm, I've been taking vocal lessons as well recently since January. And so that's something my vocal coach will also have me do is pull out my phone and record it. And so you have that back. And I feel like you're right. The advent of that has helped progress a lot of things. So that's exciting. And that's awesome that you still have stuff from third and fourth grade that I feel like those papers would have been lost to the void somewhere (laughs) somewhere the the really cool thing was we had mr white and his wife over for dinner that was the choir teacher that used to help me put the music to the songs and i was able to pull out the old papers with my handwriting from middle school but also his handwriting where he wrote the music on my papers that's That's amazing yeah it was really cool you have to turn that into a book or something (laughs) my goodness um you know we when we hear ourselves on you know, tape or, or digital recording, whatever, um, we often sound different than what we think we sound like. Uh, when you started recording, did were you surprised at all at, at how you sounded to yourself? Yes. And actually, I was like, you people are so mean, because this is what they did to me. They were like, before we put any music to this, we're going to have you go in the booth, and we're going to have you sing your song, and you're going to hear music in your headphones, but we're going to record it with no music. So they made me come back out and listen to myself. And that is hard because you really have to be willing, if you want to be good, you have to be willing to critique yourself Mm -hmm. and say, that is really not good. I need to work on my pitch or I need to work on um, giving this a little more personality, like this verse, a little more personality. It's just dry or it's flat. Um, being able to work on the areas that you have issues or recognize this might not be the right song for me. It's hard to listen to yourself and be critical of yourself, especially yeah. when it's something you're passionate about. Correct. Especially when it's something you've worked on you and you think you've worked on for so long yes. since third or fourth grade. And you're like, no, no, I got this down. I'm good at exactly. it. Right. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> 
the, fir- the first time I ever heard myself recorded, I'm a 14-year-old boy <laughs> in a karaoke booth singing uh-huh. Home Sweet Home. Oh. And listening to the cassette tape on the way back from King's Island, I thought I would never sing again. You did the King's <laughs> Island booth, too? Yes. I did Evanescence. It was great. My sister still teases me about that $15 she'll never get back. Well, this this was the 80s. Uh, mm. But uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, thankfully, think there's redemption. If you don't like the way you sound at first, there's redemption. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like it went okay for you. <laughs> well, and I agree with that. But I will tell you, um, when I started, I was not good. And I remember I got a karaoke machine for my 10th birthday. Not good. I was not good. Um, and then Mr. White gave me uh, some recordings. He had recordings from our musicals um, that, that we performed in middle school. And I was like, why did you let me get up there? Aww. And he's like, this is part of your musical journey. Like, did you nobody was very good at that age. You guys mm-hmm. were still learning <clears throat> all of your voice control and and projection and all of the things that you have to learn. So it is, it's scary. And to really put yourself out there, it's one thing for you to hear yourself, Mm. but to put yourself out there for everybody to hear you. And there will be people like you have to be okay with the fact there will be people that do not like you, your voice. They don't like your music. They don't like the way you sound. They'll find something, you know, to pick apart. You have to be okay with that and just own your stuff. Um, And I think Taylor Swift, honestly, is a great example of that because she was hounded for the longest time about how bad she sounded, Mm -hmm. but she has a cult following of millions Mm -hmm. of people. So obviously there's a lot of people that like her music. So you have to be okay with being a unique uh, taste that isn't going to be for everyone. That's right. Some people like caviar, you know. Oh. <laughs> yes, and those, those people, people are gross. <laughs> so, so have you ever considered like trying the American Idol or America's Got Talent Ooh. kind of route? Um, no, because I don't lie to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, I I think I'm good enough to sing in a local band. But honestly, we were uh, just watching America's Got Talent last night, and I'm listening to the singers that are on there. They are far more talented than I am. Um, and may I don't know, maybe someday I'll you know continue to grow and get better. But I'm just not that good. I mean, I'm I think I'm good. I don't think I'm great. Like I'm going to be the next big star. But you don't need to be. <laughs> True. You don't need to be. Um, and and that was actually going to kind of lead me to another question. You know, not the way I ever want to see you leave ODOT, but like, would you like to see this become a career or is this more something that you're just so passionate about you want to do it no matter what? Yes. Yeah, so um, I am not going to leave ODOT. Uh, the retirement plan is way too good. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, my, my youngest kids are 16. I have a 22-year-old and I have two 16-year-olds. So as the kids are getting older and they're developing their personalities, they have jobs, their own stuff, they're getting ready to start driving, um, I find that I have more time to do the things that I've never had time to do because I've had kids for a very long time now. Um, so my free time now, I would like to spend pursuing my passion. So evenings, weekends, the extra time that I have, I would like to 
um, start a band. I would say join a band, but um, when you join a band, they want to put you in a box, and I already said that's not for me. Uh, so I would like to start a band uh, eventually. But right now, I'm just taking this time to get myself where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And I do want to have some originals and things that, that we can put out there and not just covers uh, when it comes that time. So I would say the next two years, my focus is going to be getting ready for uh, being able to go out and enjoy uh, my empty nesting time, uh, instead of sitting around and moping about my kids <laughs> and being sad that they're out, you know, becoming adults and doing their own thing, pursuing my passion. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Let, let you almost become a kid again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you mentioned all the instruments that your brother plays. Do you play any instruments? So I am learning. I should have learned. Like I said earlier, it's an ongoing joke between Mr. White and I that... Uh, I should have paid more attention in class. Like, he'll nudge me about that, and I'll say, well, maybe if you were a better teacher, just giving him grief. (laughs) (laughs) You could have got me to focus. Um, But honestly, I feel like music is very mathematical, and I'm not mathletic. (laughs) That's what I like to call it. (laughs) So I've always been a lot more about the words and the feeling and the sound. And also the other thing that kind of turned me off a little bit um, is that music has rules uh, that – you know, these are your beats that you stick within and things like that. And I like to change that up. So it gets really confusing when you're trying to combine learning music and all the roles of music with, I'm a free spirit and you can't tell me what to do music. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I'm really focusing on learning music now. I am learning the guitar and keyboards. Um I can play a horse with no name now. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. (laughs) But I'm learning. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine that as a songwriter, if you can have the basics on guitar or piano, just what what advantage that could, you know, lead your writing style. Yes, and I agree with that, which is why I decided to learn to play an instrument, because... I have this music in my head and getting that out and sharing that with someone else is so difficult. Just singing it does not give the depth that musical instruments give. Mm. Um, And every musical instrument's a little bit different, but when I write a song, I hear the whole song in my head. Mm -hmm. I hear whether it has drums or it has a fiddle or it has guitar, it has electric guitar. I hear if it's like a grungy type music or if it's like a high pitched like 80s you know, power ballad. Um, I hear if it's like a country, like if it has a country twang to it, I hear Mm. all of that. But being able to communicate that to someone that's going to do music for you is almost impossible. So I really want, excuse me, to be able to share that myself. That's such a cool talent to have and something I don't think many people at all have is to be able to because everybody can be like i got this little tune in my head but for you to like <laughs> compose a whole thing just in your head and you can hear every piece and every part and you know how you want it together to go together and you know how you want it to fit i feel like that's such a unique awesome talent that's amazing i love that so much that's very very cool thanks just for the practice of it, do you ever go out and uh, maybe like do karaoke or do you are you performing anywhere, uh, 
you know, they there are places that will have like live karaoke even too, so you can play with or with open mic nights and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so are you are you getting out there and performing, or um, or at least maybe doing like church choir or something? So I do um, go to karaoke. Uh, I also, we have a huge karaoke set up in my house and one of our favorite things to do is invite everybody over and we do karaoke and we just take turns with everybody singing karaoke and I try not to be a mic hog and uh, get on everybody's songs with them, which is really difficult for me because I really like to sing. Um, and typically what I find is I like everybody's music. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody's singing, I can probably join them. I probably know the song um, or at least know it enough to be able to look at the words on the screen and sing along. Uh, but yeah, I love going to do that stuff. It was really cool when... Um, the first time I went to Nashville to get to get up on the Grand Ole Opry stage, and I'm not going to lie, I sang up there, and they were probably like, get off our stage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did that. I recorded uh, in the karaoke booth there, very much like you guys did at Kings Island. Um, I recorded a Pam Tilla song, and any opportunity that I can get to do that. Um, another cool thing is I've had several times, one time in Nashville, <clears throat> there was a person singing at a local bar and we were talking in between her sets and I was telling her like I'm a musician I love to sing and she had me come up and sing a Marin Morris song with her uh, so that was fun and I was at another event and I was talking to that girl because I'm always talking to somebody this is true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she had me come up and sing a Judd song with her uh, so several times I've ended up getting up on stage with people and singing with uh, other local artists. So that's been pretty cool. That's too. so cool that you just like in, get to be inserted into those situations. And, and I've known Jen for a while now and, and she is she's a very, very sociable person. So if you see her while you're here at ODOT and you see her in the hallway, she's got a big personality. She will come up and talk to you. Um, but that's amazing that like you can just go and, and, and have people invite you up to sing with them it doesn't surprise me in the least but i love that so much that you've had that opportunity that's a very very unique opportunity to have it's it's not impossible to be a a, a shy entertainer but it's much easier mm. if you're not mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i'm sure that that's true um and to i mean it takes a lot of courage to get up on stage in front of people uh and and know that you're going to be critiqued uh, and, and you're tearing yourself apart more than anybody else does. So I do think it would be much harder to be a shy entertainer than to be a, a charismatic, you know, sociable entertainer. I can't imagine some of my friends who are a little more reserved and, and shy uh, being able to get up and do that because I think it would just take everything out of them. They would be exhausted before the show started. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of karaoke, I know we here at ODOT, we host our Bring Your Child to Work Day every July. And last year we had karaoke. This year we will also have karaoke. And that was generously brought in by Jen. So she brings her, her setup in with her. And, and we have the costumes and everything. So we're looking forward to having that again this year. And Absolutely. thank you for that. My kids have aged out, but can I just come down and sure. do karaoke? Yes. <laughs> Dave Rose was down there with his kids karaoke in it up. You come yeah. on down. And we'll do a whole thing. But uh, so, yeah, so what else might you have on your horizon or anything else coming up that you just want to share with us uh, to kind of wrap everything up today? No, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's important for people to not be afraid to follow their passion. It doesn't have to look like what 
what other people say it should have to look like sometimes. Um, just like I was saying about, I'm not going on American Idol. I'm not going to be the next big star, okay? You but like that. I love to sing, <laughs> and I'm going to do that. So I think don't be afraid to follow your passion. Don't be afraid to stand apart and not let people put you in a box because the rules say one thing. You don't have to follow those rules unless it's a law. You should follow those. <laughs> <laughs> or unless it's an ODOT rule. Don't break those. Yes. And traffic Bones laws. Down, those people. are the most important. <laughs> I don't want to be on the air telling people to break ODOT rules. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to stay in that box. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for uh, for talking with us today. Can't wait to to take a listen to the CD, and and honestly, I really can't wait to hear what you've got uh, in store with the original yes, music. I can't wait same. to hear that. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and never miss who we talk to next. Do you want to tell us your story on a future episode? Do you have questions, comments, or want to request a transcript of this episode? Email us at podcast at dot.ohio.gov. <laughs>